Welcome everybody to Balls Don't Lie. I am your host, Regular Steven. College basketball is back. And it's back tonight in a big way with the Champions Classic. We got number one Michigan State and number two Kentucky. That is following number three Kansas against number four Duke. So what I want to do for you, I'm going to break down this nice doubleheader we have to start the season tonight. And get you ready for kind of Kentucky season, plus a couple other notes that I have for you as far as how I feel about preseason rankings. Some teams I feel like they maybe have a little too high, maybe too low. Some teams are not really giving enough respect to. Won't go too in-depth. This is going to be very Kentucky heavy, but I do have a couple teams I want you guys to watch out for. So that is what we're going to cover on this episode. See how you guys like it. We don't do too much college basketball, but... I thought I wanted to do it this year for this season, and what better way to get started than tonight uh, with this wonderful doubleheader that we have. So that will be after the break. Let me get you a word from our sponsor, and then we'll break down the Champions Classic. All right, welcome in, everybody, to Balls Don't Lie. I am your host, Regular Steven. Let's get all the usuals out of the way. You can follow us on Twitter at Balls Don't Lie Pod. That's Balls with a Z. Like, share, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Spotify, Google Podcasts, all that good stuff. Spotify is my favorite one. I get the best feedback there. You can leave voicemails. You can leave donations to the show if you feel so inclined. But we do want to hear from you. Maybe some of you guys will have something to say about this college basketball preview. First things first. Champions Classic tonight. I'm very excited about it. I love college basketball season. Been a Kentucky fan my whole life. Was born in Lexington, Kentucky. Really just followed it ever since. And for all of you that know anything about that, you know Kentucky basketball is like a religion. It's like Alabama football, Kentucky basketball, all that good stuff. It's a religion. You follow it. You love it. It's the biggest thing in the state. There are no professional sports. And for those of us that get to be a part of the Big Blue Nation, it's a wonderful thing. Our fan base can be a little crazy at times, a little irrational. I don't like to think that I fall into that category. But I do love it and I'm very passionate about it. And I'm very excited. Kentucky preseason number two against preseason number one Michigan State tonight. That follows Kansas and Duke. Preseason rankings in the AP poll. Kansas is ranked third. Duke's ranked fourth. I'm not sure how I feel about those things. So before I break down those games, I want to look at the top ten and then give you some notables as far as the preseason AP poll goes, and who I kind of think have, uh, you know, a couple of these teams are ranked a little too high, a couple a little too low. Preseason top 10, like I just said, Michigan State number one. We got Kentucky number two. Kansas comes in three. Duke at four. Louisville at five. Florida six. Maryland at seven. Gonzaga at eight. North Carolina at nine. And Villanova at 10. A couple other notables in the top 25. You have Virginia, defending national champion Virginia, number 11. And you have the newcomers uh, just starting to kind of make their way on the scene. Nice recruiting class, Memphis, 
uh, Penny Hardaway down there going into his second season. Got a nice recruiting class. Number one player in the country, James Wiseman, uh, coming in. Real nice recruiting class. I think his recruiting class ended up ranked number one. Uh, they have another guy, Precious, uh, his name's Precious Achua. Uh, he was also a top 10 recruit. Uh, then you have our local guys here, uh, Purdue, ranked 23rd. I think Purdue's going to be pretty solid. You lose Carson Edwards. Obviously, a bit, you know, that's a big blow. It's a lot of scoring. But as far as cohesiveness and being able to play with the style that they want, Carson Edwards, for as much as, uh, you know, he would make the shots, he was a ball stopper. That dude was going to get 20-plus shots a game, every game. They have other guys that can shoot. They have some other guys coming off the bench last year that were pretty good. I look for Purdue to have a really solid season, kind of hover in that 15 to 25 range for most of the year, and, you know, be a five, four or five seed maybe in the tournament, but maybe six seed. But I, I do think Purdue's going to be solid. A couple other notables. Uh, Oregon at 15, I just don't see. I can't see it. Can't see them being that high. Arizona at 21. Some people were saying this is too low. I think it's too high. Uh, nice recruit, top 10 player, Nico Mannion coming in. I'm not buying that either. Okay. In the Pac-12, if you're looking for a team, look at the Washington Huskies. Okay. Jaden McDaniels coming in, top 10 recruit. Isaiah Stewart, number two overall player. These recruiting rankings, I'm telling you, are according to 247 rankings. Okay. It's, you can use ESPN, Rivals, 247, whatever. Doesn't really matter. These are what I'm going off of. Um, they're all pretty close anyways, but you can get three different rankings. It just depends where you want to be, but it's pretty consensus. Uh, Isaiah Stewart was number two player coming in. Uh, Jaden McDaniels, top 10 player. Also a transfer from Kentucky, Quaddy Green, point guard. Can really shoot it. I think Washington's a better fit for him. Uh, one of those kids that didn't really fit in at Kentucky. You know, the guys coming in, they bring in new players every year. They're going to bring in guys that are going to compete with you. Uh, not to say that he didn't like the competition, but he gets to go back home. And I just really think that's a better fit for him. Uh, he wasn't going to be one of those one-and-done or two-and-done type players. He's not really an NBA player. And we do have those guys, and some of them stick around. But since Kentucky brings in so many good recruits every year, and a lot of those guys go to the NBA, whatever, whatever, Cal's going to keep bringing them in. So if you recognize early uh, that you're probably going to keep getting recruited over the court, you know, court time is going to be hard for you to find. Those are kind of the kids that move on, and it's no harm, no foul. Uh, Mike Hopkins, head coach at Washington, uh, quite a green, got a waiver granted so that he could play immediately. Originally, when he decided to transfer, he was going to have to sit out until January, second semester, until he was going to be able to play games. Uh, but he did get his waiver granted by the NCAA so that he could play right away. Mike Hopkins, head coach of Washington, credited the NCAA, but he also actually thanked Kentucky uh, and their coaching staff for expediting the process and making it possible for him to be eligible right away. One of the reasons they thanked uh, Kentucky, programs that have kids transfer can make it very difficult for kids to be eligible. They can make the process easy and wish the kid luck and send him on his way, or they can be kind of petty about it. Cal Perry's always been supportive of any of his players that have moved on, whether it's transfer, leaving early to go Europe, uh, Australia, NBA, obviously. But any guy that leaves, he usually uh, has been supportive of. And, you know, uh, Kyle Wilcher is another guy that comes to mind, was on the 2012 National Championship team, played his sophomore year, then decided to transfer to Gonzaga. I know Cal is always really supportive and helpful of finding the right program for him. And he's done that with other players, too. And Quiety Green's no different. But that brings me back to Quiety Green. I haven't watched that guy for a year and a couple games last year. Uh, he's going to be a good player for Washington. He's a step up for Washington. And you bring those freshmen in, 
Uh, Quadi Green's used to playing with very talented players since he was at Kentucky. He'll fit right in with those guys. I think Washington, uh, they were preseason AP receiving votes. Uh, they were 26. They were the first team, top team receiving votes in the polls. So technically that means they're 26. Uh, I think they win the Pac-12. So that's my pick for the Pac-12. Um, not going to pick all the conferences. A couple other teams I think are a little too high. Villanova, not going to be... Uh, I mean, they'll be good. They're well coached. They have good players, but I think 10 is way too high. Their best recruit, uh, Brian Antoine, coming in was ranked 17th in the final recruiting rankings. Uh, he's not even playing. He had an injury. He hasn't played since the end of his high school year, and it doesn't sound like he's close to playing. They're actually considering a red shirt for him. Uh, but uh, yeah, I just uh, I, I don't see it. I don't see it there. Uh, on the opposite spectrum, I'm going to give you another guy. Scotty Lewis was teammates of Brian Antoine, the guy that I was just talking about. Uh, in high school he's a newcomer at florida and i think florida preseason number six i'm not going to say they're too low but that is going to be a very good team i expect them to stay there all year if they're it's hard to underrank a team when you put them six okay but with the stability that they have some of the guys they have coming back bringing him in bringing in the transfer blackman from virginia tech uh the big man uh, you know, they have everything you need to stay in the top five all year. They're going to be consistent. They're going to be tough. They're athletic. They're going to be good. They're well coached by Mike White. I think Florida's good. Uh, Maryland looks to be solid this year. I think they're about right at number seven. Gonzaga, I think they're about right. I think you could see a couple, you know, Gonzaga lost a lot of pieces. But I think looking around college basketball, it seems like everybody did. Uh, because of Gonzaga's schedule, they're not going to take many losses in the conference. Um, but We'll see how they navigate through their preseason schedule. They usually like to play a good slate of games. I haven't broken down their schedule or anything, but I expect them to play some quality teams. So we'll find out about Gonzaga pretty early. I'm not 100% certain on them. Uh, they seem kind of probably right about where they should be. Uh, North Carolina brings in one of the best players in the country in Cole Anthony out of high school. I still think they're too high at number nine. I think they're going to struggle a little bit. They've lost a lot of pieces. Uh, I think they're going to struggle a little bit. Now, let me get into the top four and let me give you some of my thoughts and we can talk right now about the champions classic because all the teams in the top four in the ap poll are playing in the championship in the champions classic tonight starting at seven o'clock where you have number three kansas against number four duke kansas according to vegas is a two-point favorite i'm not really understanding why kansas is ranked so high they do bring back yudoka azabuki the big man also silvio D'Souza, who i'm not sure why he's eligible because he was part of the pay for play scandal with adidas but he was uh granted a waiver not really sure how bill self actually has a coaching job still uh they're kind of just playing the defiant and you're they're basically daring the ncaa to do anything to them they have been notified of infractions by the NCAA. We'll see if they have the balls to go after a Blue Blood program. They also returned Devin Dotson, uh, but that's about it. And they lost some key pieces, too, off of a team last year that was, uh, we can say, underwhelming and underachieving, according to what they were supposed to be. They did have injuries. Azubuki was one of those. And obviously, Silvio D'Souza not being eligible because of what I just said affected their season. But... Uh, dealing with the injuries and some of the guys they had leaving. They've had a transfer leave uh, going to Houston. I forget that kid's name. If I think of it, I'll tell you. Uh, but the guys they have come back, not overwhelming to me. They do have depth uh, in experience. I'm just not sure the quality of experience. It was also a down recruiting year. Funny how that happens when you are being investigated by the NCAA. All of a sudden, you're not landing any of the top recruits. Weird. I know. 
Uh, Duke, number four. I think they win this game. I think they win this game, and I think they win this game because of Trey Jones and because I think Vernon Carey, one of their newcomers, uh, freshman, can... Uh, I think he can bang with Azubuki. Azubuki's a monster, but he does have a tendency to get in foul trouble. Uh, Vernon Carey, I think, will be able to handle him down there. At least hang with him. Not handle him. You're talking about a senior in Azubuki with more experience. He's a seven-foot monster. Uh, but Vernon Carey fits the mold of the same thing. He's a big kid, big, strong kid. Uh, being a freshman will matter. Um, but I think that's one answer for them. Uh, they also have Gavin Delorier coming back to give them some quality minutes and incoming freshman, also top 10 recruit, uh, Matthew Hurt, uh, who was a, looked him for him to be a stretch for, think, um, what's his name from Kansas, uh, Frank Kaminsky. Think, think Kaminsky. Uh, stretch for. Uh, but I think Trey Jones is the key here. Uh, returning point guard, uh, he was a freshman last year. Um, when he's healthy, he was sometimes was one of the best players on the floor, and that is a floor that included Zion Williamson, R.J. Barrett, and Cameron Reddish. So Trey Jones coming back, giving some uh, you know experience and quality experience to some of the incoming freshmen. They do have a nice class coming in. Wendell Carter uh, coming in, or Wendell Moore, one of the one of those two names. Um, they have the number two recruiting class coming in, and it's not the level of recruiting class obviously that they had with Zion. Uh, you know, RJ Barrett and Cam Reddish, but they will, I think they're not going to be as good. They're not as explosive. They're not going to be as good as fast. I just think Trey Jones in this game in particular, I think Duke will struggle. I don't think they're going to hang out in the top five all year. They're going to take some losses. This team reminds me a little bit more of some of the Kentucky teams I've seen where you bring in some, you know, you have a great recruiting class. A lot of it's depth you know, with the numbers of recruits you have coming in, but it's not necessarily the superstar talent uh, coming in. And those are the teams that, you know, by tournament time, I expect Duke to be very dangerous. Uh, kind of the way Kentucky's done some of these years when they don't have the elite, elite recruits. Um, but they're every year, by tournament time, they're ready to compete with anybody. I expect that to be the case uh, with Duke. Just for this game in particular, I'm not saying that, you know, I'm justifying their top four ranking by... The fact that they're going to beat Kansas, it's a lot of the line's only two. Uh, and also, I just think Duke's better than Kansas right away. And I may be completely wrong on this, but that's just how I feel going into it. I just don't understand the love fest for Kansas. And I just think Duke wins this game. So that gets us to the uh, the, the grand finale, the, the real game that everybody wants to see, the real game that I want to see that's starting at 930. I'm not sure why it has to start so late. But number one, Michigan State versus number two, Kentucky. Okay, Michigan State minus three. So Michigan State is a three-point favorite. I can see that. I can see that. Michigan State, you know, Cassius Winston, great player, great college player, comes back, uh, preseason player of the year. Everybody says it. Everybody's raving about it. It's whatever. Um, They are without Josh Langford, one of their best players. They return. They lost some pieces as well, but they do return some experience. Eh. I guess you go Michigan State because they have the best player. But again, I'm not so certain Michigan State's the best team in the country. I'm just not. We'll find out tonight. We'll find out a little bit more, see how they look. I might just not know quite enough about them. But, you know, whatever. Uh, Kentucky number two. Okay. I'm going to get more into Kentucky in the next segment and kind of break down what we have coming up this season. 
uh, give you a little breakdown of the roster. But uh, just for this game's uh, purpose, I'm going to go Kentucky to cover the three points. I mean, give me, give me the three. Uh, give me the plus three, and I'll take Kentucky on that all day. I think Kentucky wins this game because of strength in numbers. I think the Kentucky has a more quality roster. I think it's a close game. I'm not saying we blow them out by any means, um, but I, you know, I think it's a good quality game. Cassius Winston, no disrespect, I think he's a great college player, but we have some of those guys too, and they're not just freshmen. And we'll get into the roster breakdown after this or after this next break, but you know. I think people are underestimating Kentucky. I, I don't. I you know. I think number two is about right for this team. I really think number two is about right. If you'd had them anywhere in the top five, I wouldn't have argued it. Two, three, four, five, one. You know, you can make an argument for any of these teams. We'll see it on the court. But I think top five is right for Kentucky. And after this break, uh, I'm going to explain to you why. Why that's the case. So stick around with me just after a short break, and we'll break down Kentucky, and we'll get into uh, moving forward in the season. Welcome back to Balls Don't Lie, everybody. Let's break down Kentucky's roster and some projections. Vegas has Kentucky's over-under of wins this year at 24.5, which means they believe in the regular season Kentucky will either go 24-7 or 25-6. That's where they're putting their bet at, 24.5. I'm going over. I'm going over 25-6, 26-5. I could see 27-4. Schedule's not too bad. SEC is getting better. There's some quality teams in the SEC we got to look out for. But the preseason schedule, you know, pre-conference schedule, it's pretty manageable. If they can get by this Michigan State game tonight, we do play Texas Tech later in the season uh, in January in the SEC Big 12 um, uh, showdown or whatever the hell they're calling that thing. That'll be a good game. Texas Tech top 15 team. We do play Louisville. Like always, that's a top five team. And we got some other games here and there. But the big one to look out for tonight against Michigan State. We covered that. But I want to cover the roster. Okay? I'm going over on the wins. And I got some reasons as to why. First of all, Cal Perry just finished his 10th year last year. This is his 11th season at Kentucky. I did not think he would be here that long. I thought 10 years would be it. Okay, but he's starting his second decade. He has 10 more years on a contract. I believe he has a lifetime contract, even though he doesn't want to call it that. That's exactly what it is. He's basically here as long as he wants to. Hopefully it's for a much longer time than 10 more years. I'll take it all. Cal's record so far at Kentucky, 305 and 71. That is insane. Four Final Fours, three Elite Eights, one runner-up, and one National Championship. Okay, pretty intense. All kinds of draft picks, thirty-something draft picks. We, you know, we didn't have to run through. That's old news at this point. That's old news at this point. Every year we put guys in the NBA. Some of those guys doing really well right now. Tyler Hero with the Miami Heat, PJ Washington with the Charlotte Hornets. Both those guys making a big mark, instant impact. But that gets us to this year's team. The key returners, one of the reasons I'm so excited about this team is the guards that we have coming back. Sophomore Ashton Haggins was the co-defensive player in the SEC Conference last year. Good distributor. 
All summer has been working on his jump shot. Excited to see him. He's a very good leader. Very athletic. Very hard-nosed. Very defensive-minded. The other guard, sophomore Manuel Quickly, played a lot last year as a freshman, known for being kind of a shooter. Seeing him in the preseason games already, the exhibition games, that dude is so much more comfortable at any point than he was last year. He might be Kentucky's best player. Not best pro prospect, but just best player on this team for a college basketball team. He can make shots. He can make decisions. He's good defensively. Makes good decisions. And the dude's a shooter. I look for him to have a Deron Lamb-type impact. Deron Lamb in his sophomore year for the National Championship Kentucky Basketball Wildcats in 2012 was a knockdown, lights-out shooter. And that's what this team needs Emmanuel quickly to be. I expect that from him. Also, sophomore forward EJ Montgomery was a top 10 recruit last year. Kind of disappointing last year. Seemed like he just didn't really, he never really got his feet under him. Confidence was kind of an issue, it seemed like. Uh, just learning how to play to his strengths and just having confidence on the court makes a big impact on that. Uh, looking for him to have, you know, a better year. Through these two first exhibition games, he looks exactly the same as he did last year. But I'm not trying to judge it off two games. He's got a full season, but they will need him to be a solid contributor for this team to be what they can possibly be. Junior, Nick Richards. Not too often you get guys who were uh, top 15 recruits uh, staying for three years, but he's one of them. He started basketball when he was really young. So while the, all the skills are there, all the intangibles, the athleticism, being seven feet with a huge wingspan, it's all there. It's all there for Nick Richards. He's bouncy. He's athletic. His basketball instincts are not that great. They have seemed to get better, but not good enough for him to leave. But on this team, they just need him to grab rebounds Every once in a while, make a hook shot, some put-back dunks, and then block some shots. Stay out of foul trouble. That's what they need from Nick Richards. He turned an ankle in the first exhibition game. He's been walking around with a walking boot. Uh, Rumor has it, it has been reported, I guess not rumor, it has been reported, that the boot is off. He, in pregame, was seeming to look pretty good. I'm guessing we see Nick Richards play tonight. That gets us to the newcomers. Okay, having four guys back for Kentucky is a pretty big deal. It's a pretty big deal. Last year we had some experience. The more experience you can have, the better, especially at the guard position. And I'm going to get into why I think that's such a great thing for this Kentucky team. Newcomers, guard Tyrese Maxey, 10th ranked recruit in the country last year, according to 247 uh, Sports. Number 10 in the country. Number 24 in the country, Keon Brooks uh, Jr. Uh, Forward, small forward type of guy, kind of a hybrid there. Uh, Number 11, Khalil Whitney. Uh, Again, small forward, power forward, kind of hybrid there. Better shooter than I expected, but he's very explosive athletically. Uh, Number 33, Johnny Juzang. Have a hard time saying that one, but Johnny Juzang uh, out of California. Number 33, known as a shooter. Uh, Able to get to the rim, too, from what I've seen in the first two exhibition games. I think he comes off the bench and provides shooting. I don't expect to see him get a ton of minutes right away. By the end of the year, I think you see him get more. Seems like a smart player. Uh, But as far as the positions of need that they have, I just think he's behind some guys that are going to play more. Uh, Number 111, our worst-ranked recruit, was number 111 in the country. That's Dante Allen. Kid was uh, top 60-ish, had an ACL injury in his senior year, didn't get to play the full season. Uh, But he was on his way to having a big 
big senior season. I think if he doesn't get hurt last year, I think he ends up in the top 60, uh, maybe top 70 area. Uh, he's a local Kentucky guy, uh, committed on the spot as soon as he was on his uh, recruiting visit to Kentucky. As soon as they offered him, he recruited right on the spot. And actually, I uh, heard the coaches were kind of taken aback. Uh, reported by KSR. That's where I get a lot of my information on Kentucky as far as inside information with sources, um, KentuckySportsRadio.com. But they was reported on there that, you know, the coaching staff was kind of taken aback uh, by by him recruiting. They kind of said, are you sure? And he he was just, he knew he wanted to go to Kentucky. Um, Still recovering. He was also... (laughs) Unlucky senior season. Also had a, it was in a, I believe, car accident um, last year. So he's recovering from, from some injuries. I think maybe we see him in the second half of the season, but he's not going to start the season dressing, I don't think. Uh, definitely not playing. Still recovering. Hasn't been able to fa- uh, practice full speed. So I don't think we'll see him. The other newcomer that's going to have a, a bigger impact maybe than any of these guys, except for uh, Tyrese Maxey, is Nate Sestina, the grad transfer out of Bucknell. Uh, you're talking about a stretch four to the T. Um, he's going to bring you some toughness and hustle and leadership. He talks a lot on the court, something that is good for these freshmen to learn from. And he's able to stretch the floor and make threes as well. So that's going to play a big part in what they're going to do with their uh, lineup combinations. And I'm going to tell you what I want to see in their lineup com- combinations. So college basketball seems to have gone to a it, – it's changed. It, you know, the Golden State Warriors did affect – how people play basketball and college basketball is utilizing the three-point shot more than uh, it ever has before even though this year they've moved the three-point line out about uh, 13 inches or 8 to 13 inches I can't remember the exact number but uh, not not an issue that I think is going to keep teams from hoisting up threes Uh, the last three national championship teams uh, you know with Villanova twice and Virginia you can't name their big men I challenge anybody off top of their head to name their big men I keep hearing this complaint with fans on Twitter all the time, worried about our bigs. And I'm just not that worried about it. You just need them to be serviceable. You don't need dominant post players anymore. Not You don't need back to the basket. Yes, obviously, it's nice if you can have those guys. You know, if you have your Anthony Davises and Carl Towns, like, of course, you take those guys. It's not that you're not recruiting them. It's not that you don't want them. But I don't think it's a prerequisite to winning basketball games or winning a national championship. We've seen it with the last three teams. You have to be smart. Your big men have to do the little things. Rebound, play solid defense, and get their points when they're easy. You don't necessarily have to throw it into them uh, back to the basket, let them work. Uh, Case in point, we've had some teams like that that you could do that. Last year we had a team like that with P.J. Washington and Reed Travis. Uh, We didn't win. We got beaten in the tournament by a guard-dominated team that got hot and scored a bunch of points. And we should have won that game. That was against Auburn, a team that we've beaten. We had beaten three times. But that's, you know, it's hard to beat a team four times. But point being, in the tournament, guard play won out. And so that's what I'm looking for this year. I'm looking to use, for Cal to use, a, a three-guard lineup. And I think you'll see it. I really think you'll see it. With Ashton Haggins at the point guard spot, and then Tyrese Maxey and Emmanuel Quickly, Emmanuel Quickly that's basically three point guards slash shooting guards, except for Higgins. He would be a point guard only. Uh, Maxie and Quickly, though, they can play uh, the one or the two. And so you'd basically have three guys who all can handle the ball, make free throws, shoot threes, and defend. Tyrese Maxey comes in with a reputation as being a great on-ball defender and very ferocious on defense, as well as having him, you know, if you pair that with Ashton Higgins, who's co-defensive player of the year in the SEC last year, hey, 
you're going to make it very difficult. And that's why I think they have a good solid chance tonight against Michigan State because they can make it difficult on Cassius Winston. And they have the bodies and the depth. Even if those guys get in foul trouble, they still have guys they can throw in there and they can give them some quality minutes. But with that three-guard lineup, I want to see this. I'm going to give you a lineup, assuming Nick Richards is hurt. That would be a small ball lineup, but it would be very versatile and be hard to defend. It would create some matchup matchup issues uh, when Kentucky's on the offensive end of the floor. On the defensive end of the floor, it could give them some problems depending on who they're playing. It's a good thing we have big tall guys on the bench that we could bring in in case of any problems. Now, I like Keon Brooks and Khalil Whitney to play the four. Either one of them, whichever one's playing better, doesn't matter which one starts. They're both athletic and versatile. They can both shoot it better than you would think. And I think they're both tough enough to get in there and grab rebounds. Nate Sestina at the five. Really getting stretched the floor. He's tough enough to carry, you know, carry the load down there, play defense on anybody else's big. If someone else has a big giant guy, obviously you can throw in Nick Richards, throw him at the five, and he's going to play there. You know, obviously you play, you're not playing just, you know, five guys on, you know, at any, any, uh, any game. So Richards at the five, if you want to move Sestina to the four, I still like Maxie Haggins quickly being on the floor at the same time. I really like the idea of that. If you want to go a little bit bigger and not do the three-guard lineup. There you go with Keon Brooks and Khalil Whitney. Both can play the three as well, especially Khalil Whitney shoots the ball a little better than Brooks by my estimation. That wasn't the that wasn't the you know stick on him coming in. Whitney was known as being an athlete, uh, going to make the explosive plays, the dunks, the rebounds, plays good hard defense, uh, but wasn't known as being a good shooter. Last exhibition game, he showed me a jump shot that looks pretty good, and he was making some jumpers consistently mid-range. So uh, I think there's the potential there for him to be a good shooter. Consistency probably will be an issue. Uh, but that's that's same with most freshmen, especially shooting the ball. Now, with EJ Montgomery, where he fits into that, because he's obviously going to have a big part in this season. Uh, EJ Montgomery, I mean, you could see him start tonight. I think Cal wants to get him started, wants to get him going. I, I think you see Sestina, Montgomery, uh, Maxi, and Higgins at the point guard spot, and then either Khalil Whitney or Keon Brooks at small forward. Um, not what I want to see, but I can see why he would do it, get, get the confidence going, try to get Montgomery going. Cal's notorious for having a short leash for some of these guys. If he doesn't feel like they're doing it, they won't play. He'll he'll pull them out. Um, so I think you could see, I think that's one of the things I'm most excited to see about tonight's game in particular, is just kind of what his thoughts are on his rotation and how he's going to start games out. Um, I think we're going to see the three-guard lineup a lot. It may never be what they start with, uh, depending on who we're playing. Maybe when we play Auburn, who's another guard-heavy team, you know, teams like that, you might see the three-guard lineup starting those games. Uh, but I think he'll probably go more traditional and then break it down as needed. The three-guard lineup maybe is the lineup that closes games out. Uh, obviously gives you the three ball handlers. You know, if you're playing with the lead, that's going to be important. Um, you know, or if they feel like they're lacking scoring, any of those three guards, you know, you can get scoring from. Also, Johnny Zhuzang, like I said, going to come off. He's known as being the best shooter in the class. One of the best shooters in the high school class coming in, period. Um, so look for him to come in and give, you know, kind of give that boost off the bench in shooting threes. That's kind of what I look for his role to be this year. Um, 
being able to give you those those three pointers off the bench. Um, not going to soak up a ton of minutes just because of the guys that he has playing in front of him. But a lot of options with this roster and roster that I'm very excited about. Uh, again, a lot of people are worried about the the big men, the lack of elite big men. I'm just not. I'm just not worried about it at all. I think college basketball is going away from that. You do have some teams out there that do have some of those big guys that, yeah, you might struggle against. But you do also have a couple, you know, you do have Nick Richards who's 7 feet, EJ Montgomery 6'11", you know, Sestina 6'9", muscly, you know, they'll be okay. They'll be okay. The way they'll combat those types of teams is the mismatches that we can cause because we have so many lineup combinations that we can use. If we want to go three guards, we can also go big. We can have just Hagans out there and use Khalil Whitney and Brooks at the two and the three. You go EJ Montgomery at the four and, and Nick Richards at the five. I mean, that is a huge, tall lineup. That's a real hard lineup to match up against and score points against. Kentucky can match up with anybody's lineup combinations. It's a very versatile roster. Cal Perry has been preaching this positionless basketball. Starting to hear those phrases all the time. Positionless basketball, positionless basketball. Well, Cal Perry's on it. They do have a lot of guys that can float around different positions from two to four. Some of these guys can play five if you want to go really small. Keon Brooks, maybe. Okay. The flexibility is there. It's going to be an exciting season. We're going to break it down. Uh, probably once a week, I'll do a Kentucky podcast uh, just to kind of break down. You know, once the season really gets going, you get two games a week. Usually it's a Tuesday-Saturday combo. So I'll probably, you know, record something on a Sunday and put it out on Monday. It'll serve as a recap week uh, and a look forward week to the games that they have coming up. So we'll do that. Also, I'm going to do occasionally some podcasts touching in on all the Kentucky guys in the NBA and kind of get you, uh, you know, let you know how they're all doing. Been watching a lot more NBA than I have normally, and we have so many guys in the league that it's a lot of fun to watch any team, really, even if you don't have a team, you know, just to support those guys and watch them and see how they're doing. So we'll have those moving forward. Super excited to be talking Kentucky with you guys. Haven't really done it this past season, uh, but excited to do it this year. It's one of my main passions in sports uh, is Kentucky basketball, one of my favorite things in the world. And it's time, and we're excited seven o'clock this thing's coming out late i'm glad it serves as a basketball preview it's not just time sensitive to what this uh champions classic is tonight okay it is coming out late but i thought i'd be able to get it out to you at least maybe give some of you a chance to check it out before the championship classic uh champions classic sorry if not check it out anytime you want because the season's here baby kentucky basketball and we got you moving forward on balls don't lie thank you guys for joining me Where the balls bounce, roll, and fly, but they damn sure don't lie. Later, dudes.